Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Thanks, worship team, for leading us into the presence of God. It's so amazing to be able to always start the service off giving God glory. One of the reasons why we start the service worshiping and singing is because it's our way of giving to God. Yeah, We come to the service, we give God worship for who he is, for what he's done. Why do we give our tithes? Well, we give our tithes out of obedience, but we give our offerings because we're thankful to God and we believe in his word. How many say amen? The title of tonight's sermon is Run to the Roar. Tell the person next to you, run to the roar. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. If you were here last week, God gave me the opportunity to be able to share with you a message titled Gatekeepers of the Mind. If you weren't here last week, you could always check it out on podcast. Just search us as JTP Church and you could get all the sermons, you know, since day one back in March when we started. But we started talking about the importance of being gatekeepers of our mind because the destiny that you're going to live, who you're going to be from here and 20 years on out, it all starts with the thoughts that you're entertaining, what things you're believing true. And if you don't know the word of God, if you don't know everything God has spoken over your life, which is amazing, the promises that God has given you, everything that God has said that you are, if you don't know your identity in Christ, then there's always going to be a deceiver that's going to come and try to tell you otherwise. And we gave the example of Adam and Eve. God had put them in the garden. They had an amazing life, right? They were eternal beings. They had everything, you know, made. But they started entertaining the wrong type of thoughts. And you guys know the story. The serpent came and started telling them otherwise than what God had told them. And then they started entertaining that thought, and that was their demise. So I want to follow up last week's sermon with a message titled, like I said, Run to the Roar. A couple of months back, in the news, we had a few cases of young children having encounters or close encounters with wild animals. The first one was in the Cincinnati Zoo. How many of you guys remember? We had a little three-year-old, the age of my son, Luca. His mom was taking care of about five kids, I think, and I guess one of them just snuck around and jumped into the enclosure, and he was interacting with Harambe, this huge gorilla, for about 10 minutes. And, and you guys saw the videos, right? Harambe was like using this kid like if he was a mop, just dragging him all over the place. Ultimately, they had to kill the gorilla to be able to save this little kid's life. And thankfully, he survived. Another case that happened here, not so far away from here in Orlando, parents weren't as fortunate. We had a two-year-old little boy at night in one of the Disney resorts, had an alligator come and just take him. The dad tried to wrestle the alligator, but unfortunately wasn't able to. The young two-year-old unfortunately died. So a close encounter with a wild animal, as you guys know, could be life-threatening for anyone, let alone a child. But I want to share with you a story of someone in the Bible that I believe God's going to use tonight to activate dreams in your life. How many of you guys have big dreams for your future? I want to see your hands. I believe that God is going to help you today through this story to be able to believe that you're going to achieve those dreams. And if there's somebody here that probably along the way had big dreams, but for some reason you've 
neglected them or you forgot or you just see them so far away, I believe that God's going to activate those dreams again and God's going to give you faith to pursue them and to accomplish them because that's the kind of God that we serve. How many say amen? Tell the person next to you, we don't serve a small God. We serve a powerful God. Amen? And I want you to go with me, 2 Samuel chapter 23. And while you look for it, I want to share with you something that Napoleon Bonaparte, the French military leader and emperor, said. He once made a distinction between two kinds of courage. And he said, there's the regular courage and there's two o'clock in the morning courage. And he said, the rarest attribute among generals is two o'clock in the morning courage. You and I are here because God wanted to let us know that in order to see God's dream over your life come to pass, you're going to need a special kind of courage. How many say amen? Regular courage is not going to do it. We're going to need, just like Napoleon said, two o'clock in the morning courage. Tell the person next to you, you're going to need two o'clock in the morning type of courage. And that's the courage that this guy had. I want to share a few verses. 2 Samuel 23, we're going to start reading verse 8. 8 through 12, it says, these are the names of the mighty men who David had. David was the king. And the first one was Joseph Beshabeth, the Tachamite, chief among the captains. He was also called Adino the Ensnite because he had killed 800 men at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Please don't use that name for your child. The Ahohite. One of three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel had retreated. The Bible says in verse 10, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. Can you imagine that? Everybody took off and this guy was left taking care of that field. And he said, well, you know, I'm not going to take off. He could have taken off, but he says, I'm going to go against all these people and him alone. He defeated all these people. The Bible says that his hand was stuck to the sword. You know how that's possible? I mean, have you ever done manual labor so much that you start getting blisters? Some of the musicians, when they're just learning to play the guitar, right, your fingers are not used to it. You have baby fingers. <laughs> and all of a sudden, after a while, you start practicing guitar. First thing that starts happening is you start getting blisters. If, if you're doing a demo project for a house, you're trying to demolish your kitchen and, and you start, you're not used to manual labor, you know, you're going to get some type of blisters. But this guy, I mean, he, he swung the sword so much that his whole hand became a huge blister and it got stuck to his hand. Could you imagine? How brave is that? How courageous is that? You see, I think that God is calling us to be brave people. God is calling us to have two o'clock in the morning courage. How many say Amen. You're going to need it in order to chase the dreams that God has for your life. It says, the Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. Verse 11. Are you guys following me? Verse 11 says, and after him was another guy, Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herodite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, so the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. So all these people are valiant men that David had. Now, I want you to turn your attention into this specific one that we're going to be talking about tonight in verse 20, same chapter 23 of 2 Samuel. Verse 20 says, Beniah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. Everybody say he had done many deeds. 
The Bible says among those many deeds, he had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. Another version says that he killed two warriors, the best men that Moab, which was an enemy country, had. But the thing that stuck out the most about this guy says that he had also gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Somebody say really loud, bring on the lions. Now, did you say that because I told you to? Or did you say that because you have faith to go ahead and go against a lion? This guy literally went into a cave, into a pit. He chased the lion on a snowy day and killed the lion. When a normal person sees a lion, what do they do? Honestly, let's be honest here uh, between you and me. If you're in the middle of a snowy pit, you see a lion, and there's nobody around you that could help you, what's the first thing you do? First thing your brain's going to tell you is take off, get out of there, danger, right? But normal is overrated, and that's what I want to minister to you tonight. You see, God is not looking for normal people. God is looking for people that are ready to chase down lions. God is looking for people that are ready to run to the roar. Instead of seeing the problem, these kind of people, they seize the opportunity. Instead of taking flight, they fight to the death for their dreams. And chasing a lion into a snowy pit and killing it takes 2 o'clock in the morning courage. How many say amen? This one act, if you read the story of this man, changed his entire life. The minute that this guy did that act, he was enlisted as the bodyguard of King David. As a matter of fact, he ended up being the bodyguard of King David. And later on, he became the general of the entire army. I want to tell you today that if your dream doesn't scare you, then it's too small. I want to be able to challenge you because when I asked this evening, how many of you guys have dreams for your life? All of you guys, or at least all that were paying attention, raise their hands. But if that dream doesn't scare you, if that dream is something that you could do in your own power and you don't need God's supernatural intervention for it, then it's not God's dreams for your life. It's too small. And I want to challenge you today that if you don't have a dream that's big enough that you need God's intervention, that starting tonight you start looking for it because God created you for great things. There's a Benaya inside of you. There's courage inside of you that you still haven't tapped into. And maybe you have the dream, but maybe you see it so far away, you see it impossible that you've given up on it. But you know what? I love people like Benaiah because he knew that he was called for something great. And not just him, all these people that you read, and if you read the entire chapter 23 of 2 Samuel, you see all these great men of David. They're all people that at one point in their lives, they were indebted, they were discouraged, but David started rallying them up and started telling them, look, just like God's using me today to tell you, there's potential inside of you. There's great things that God has written for you to accomplish. There's things that God wants to use you to do that you would have never thought that you would do. And in order to do that, you need 2 o'clock in the morning courage. How many say amen? How many are ready to chase lions tonight? Amen. This one act changed the trajectory of Benaiah's life, and the same is true for you. You are just one step, one risk, one decision away from a totally different life. Maybe you don't like where you are right now. Maybe you feel stagnated. You feel like, wow, is this all? Is this what life was meant to be? And I want to tell you, if you're not living like the most amazing life, you still haven't tapped into God's promise or God's 
desire for your life or God's dreams for your life because God wants to take you above and beyond anything that you've ever even desired or wanted, right? How many of you guys are believing that? God wants you to connect with him so he could start showing you all the things that he wants to do in you and also through you. But you can't just allow and settle for a dream that you could do in your own powers. We need to go above and beyond that and trust that God wants to take us to do crazy things just like we read about Benaiah. We don't know where Benaiah was going that day. The Bible doesn't give us a lot of detail where he was headed or what he was doing. But the Bible says that he had a moment in time, an opportunity where if he would have run, he would have never been able to reach his dream of becoming the bodyguard of the king, much less the commander of the army. And sometimes when we don't have faith in our lives, when we don't, when we don't have that courage, you could easily see the opportunity that God is giving you as a problem. Maybe you're going through a problem right now that that's the line that you need to start confronting and killing in order to get to where God wants to take you. And because you're not connected to God or because you lack courage or you lack faith, you're seeing it as a 500-pound problem instead of that solution or the opportunity that God is giving you. But I believe that today, from this place, lion chases are rising up. I believe that every single person in here after this service are going to start running after the roar because God has amazing things for your life. Can you raise your hand and believe that with me? Amen. If you find yourself inside a cave with a 500-pound lion, it could generate two kinds of thoughts and two different kinds of people. One is, I got a problem. Probably the very last problem you'll ever have. But the second type of people, and then I'm praying that that's the type of courage that God's lifting up inside of you, are the kind of people that think, well, killing a lion in a cave will look pretty attractive in my resume, right? That would look pretty good, especially if I'm applying for the bodyguard position of the king. This happened about 3,000 years ago, this story, but not a lot has changed since then. You can run away from what you're afraid of, but you'll be running for the rest of your life. I think that tonight you're here because God brought you, because it's time that you face your fears. It's time maybe that you need to take a leap of faith, because maybe that same fear is the one that's always coming against you, and all it's doing, it's cornering you to a corner of, of your life that you're not comfortable with when God has this amazing plan for your life. It's time to face our fears, take a leap of faith, and run to the roar. Mark Batterson wrote this. He's an author of a book called Chase the Lions, and he said, in every dream journey, there comes a moment when you have to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. You have to go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. For all of those that raised their hand when I said, how many of you guys have big dreams? I want you guys to think about that dream that came to mind when I asked that question. I want you to ask yourself, does it take or is it going to require divine intervention for me to reach that dream? Or is it something that I could reach in my own power? And if it's something that you could reach in your own power, then you need to tap into God because God has greater things that he wants you to live for. I mean, I bet this guy, when he was a kid, he probably only dreamt about being the bodyguard of the king or the commander of the entire army of Israel. It probably was just a dream. But you know what? When you start wanting something so bad and when you start connecting to God, you realize that those dreams, those desires that you had when you were a kid, it's something that God himself put in your heart. And sometimes we even try to 
tell ourselves, well, you know, I'm just probably crazy thinking that I'm going to be the next president of the United States or, or that someday I'm going to be a, a famous baseball player or I'm going to, you know, reach whatever dream you have. But when you connect to God's destiny, you'll realize that those dreams didn't come from you. God placed them in your heart. And if you connect with God, God is going to give you the courage that you need to be able to live up to those dreams. And when the moment comes and when the problem is there, that you live up for the moment, not consider it a problem, and understand that it's an opportunity that God gave you. In order to do that, we need to overcome our fears. Tell the person next to you, you need to overcome your fears. Last week, we shared a little bit about Adam and Eve. And we, we read the story that after they took a bite of the fruit, the Bible says that they hid themselves, right? They hid themselves. They realized that they were naked, and they became afraid. That was the first time ever that a human being felt this emotion, felt fear. They had no reason to have fear because God, God was with them. They never were exposed to fear, but because they disobeyed God, fear came into the life. And most of us spend our lives running away from the things that we're afraid of. We forfeit our dreams on the altar of fear. Thomas Merton once said, people may spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success only to find once they reach the top that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. So what, what ladder are you climbing or what wall is your ladder inclined on? It's important that you have revelation and that you're connected with God with respect to where God is leading you and what God wants you to accomplish. You could be selling yourself short. At the end of our lives, once we pass away and we're face to face with God, our greatest regrets will not be the house that we didn't buy or the car that we didn't drive. Our greatest regrets will be the God-ordained opportunities that we left on the table. It will be the God-given passions that we didn't pursue because fear kept us from pursuing them. It will be the God-sized dreams that we didn't go after because we let fear dictate our decisions. Maybe you're sitting there and you're, you're saying, well, you know what, I'm, I ain't got no lions that I, need to, that I need to fight. But maybe your lion is a business that you want to start. And you're like, but, I mean, I can't, stop working because if I stop working, I'm not going to have any money. And you start seeing that it's not feasible and you let fear keep you from starting that business. But maybe that is the line that you're having to chase tonight. Maybe God is leading you to start your own business because he wants to prosper you just like we finished reading right now when Michelle shared Malachi chapter 310 that if we give to God, God is going to bless us abundantly. How many say amen? Well, if you don't see that abundance and you see that God gave you an idea for a business. Jump in faith. Have two in the morning type of courage and do it. Maybe that's the line you need to chase. Maybe your line is God's calling over your life. You feel that God's calling you into ministry. God's calling you into service, into committing more, into surrendering more. But fear is keeping you from jumping out of your comfort zone and start living by faith. And you give God a thousand excuses or you tell him tomorrow, tomorrow. And you're not facing that line. Maybe the lion that you need to fight tonight is Cutting that relationship that is draining you and bringing you down. And having the courage to do so. Or your line could be overcoming past experience that you lived where, where people hurt you in the past relationships in order to believe that someone can love you and that you could have a loving relationship. You see, there's many kinds of lions that we need to fight. Lions can be many things, but whatever your lion is tonight, you need two o'clock in the morning type of courage to be able to overcome. Is there anybody that can say amen 
here in the house of God. Most people believe God is real, but few people actually live like it. One thing is to come and sing the song and say, yeah, God, we believe that you're real. But it takes a little bit more to live like you believe what God says. See, when we read or when we sing songs like we just finished singing about let your spirit move me so that I could trust you without borders, we say that until God comes and says, do this, and you're like, whoa, that is out there. God, how am I going to do that? Impossible. And God says, no, trust me. Impossible for you, but not impossible for me. You see how sometimes it's easy saying that we trust God or that we know God, but then once it comes to applying that principle, it's totally different. Some people allow their circumstances to get between them and God instead of letting God get between them and their circumstances. You see, one day, the Bible says in the parable of the talents that one day we'll be before God. And when we come before God and we're face to face with him, if we did what we had to do, God's not going to say, well said, you spoke well. He's not going to say, well thought or well planned. The Bible says he's going to say, well done. It's, it's about doing. It's about putting to action. Like Napoleon said, it's about getting two o'clock in the morning type of courage and doing what 99% of the people wouldn't do. And you having the courage to say, God is with me. I don't care even if my Christian friends don't even believe what I'm going to do and think it's crazy. I know from God that this is, this is my opportunity. I'm going to go. I'm going to run to the roar. I'm going to kill that lion. The Bible says that this guy, it wasn't that the lion came and attacked him and he was just defending himself. It was snowing. He saw the lion. He went into the pit. Could you imagine? Picture this in a movie theater, right? Everybody's looking. The guy goes into the, into the pit, and everybody's wondering what's going to happen. You know, you, you hear a bunch of growls and stuff going on in there, and then you see something starting to creep up, and you think it's going to be the lion, but all of a sudden this guy comes out, you know, probably all bloodied with a spear, and he defeated the lion. I mean, this is Hollywood type of stuff, but he did it because he had courage. And I want you to apply this in your life because maybe you feel like you have very little courage right now. Perhaps there's somebody here that you're in a fight and you've been fighting for so long, you're actually done. You're spent and you want to throw in the towel and you want to say, you know, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm done with this. I'm just going to accept this situation. Maybe this is what's, what I'm destined to live with for the rest of my life. Maybe I'm, I'm destined to be alone. Maybe I'm destined to be who I am up to now. Maybe God's never going to use me like he promised to use me. Maybe I'm never going to be able to get to that dream that God placed in my heart. Or you can say, you know what? I'm not going to let my fight down. I'm going to chase. I'm going to run to the roar. I'm going to be victorious in the name of Jesus. I'm going to believe what God said. And I'm going to have two o'clock in the morning type of courage to be able to get the dreams that God has planted in my heart. Come on, where are my dreamers at over here? Give God glory. Come on. Everybody say, well done. He's not going to say, well thought, well said, well planned. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, faithfulness is not just holding the fort. Faithfulness is not cruise control and going with the flow. Faithfulness is chasing 500-pound lines. Faithfulness is doing things, getting things done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Someone once said, you don't overcome sin by focusing on not sinning. I'm not going to sin. 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 You sin. 
Come on, raise your hand if you're guilty, right? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It doesn't work. You need a dream that's bigger and better than the temptations you're trying to overcome. You need a dream that doesn't allow you to become spiritually sidetracked. You don't have time to be tempted because you're so busy doing stuff and you're so busy pursuing the dream and having the courage. You're fighting lions. You don't have time to even be tempted. A dream that demands your utmost for his highest. And I want to finish off talking to you a little bit about God's glory. When you reach your dreams, that's how God is glorified. When you do things and when people see you reach things that it was like impossible and people say, I don't know how you do it, tell me. That's your opportunity to say, you know what, <laughs> it wasn't me. It was a man upstairs. It was God. And that's how we give God glory. When we lack the guts to run to the roar, we're robbing God of the glory he deserves. There's opportunities. And for Benaiah, this was his opportunity. If he would have been sidetracked, if he would have been entertained, he could have seen it as a huge problem and he could have taken off. But he said, this is exactly what I needed for the king to know who I am. Because he's looking for some brave man and God is with me and I know I'm that person for that job. So this is my opportunity. I'm going to go into that cave and I'm going to kill that lion. And God is going to give me the victory. Amen. And David knew a thing or two about killing lions, right? So he knew what type of people he needed in his army, what type of people he needed as his brave men. So this guy rose to the occasion. A God-sized dream will be beyond your abilities. It will be beyond your resources. Unless God does it, it can't be done. That's how you know it's a God dream. And that is precisely how God gets the glory. Write this down if you're taking notes. Write, God honors big dreams because big dreams honor God. God honors big dreams. He'll give you the resources. He'll give you everything you need. He honors big dreams because once you reach that dream, those dreams, those big dreams honor God. Amen? And sometimes that's why we're not giving glory to God because where are the dreams? We let the enemy come like we spoke last week and tell us that we're never going to amount to much. Tell us that we're never going to be able to reach those dreams that God gave us. And he wants us to settle and he wants us to box us in in this little life of ours where all we do is we go to school or we go to work and we come home and we eat and then we go to sleep and we go up the next day and it's just a routine and there's nothing supernatural in our lives. But when you start connecting, that's, that's the beauty of when you start coming to the forward movement. You start connecting to God in a supernatural way and you start realizing that you weren't created just to be a normal person. Like we said in the beginning, normal is overrated. God wants you to be outstanding. And God has created opportunities. Ecclesiastes says time and chance occurs to all. We all have opportunities. The problem is that sometimes we mislabel or we misinterpret opportunities for problems. And then we obviously don't give God the glory. Destiny is not a mystery. Destiny, it's a daring decision. And the way you fulfill your destiny is one opportunity at a time. That's what Benaiah did. The minute he saw that lion, he was longing for this so much that he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was his opportunity to be able to get to where God wants to take him. So he went and he made the most of it. Some of you are probably in the pit with the lion right now in many ways. And maybe your way is different from the person that's sitting next to you. There's different type of pits, there's different type of lions. And you got two options. Number one, 
You could either see it as a huge problem or you could see it as opportunity of your life. I want to close off by reading book of Hebrews chapter 11. I always give this illustration. You know how here in this society, whenever you want to buy something, what do you need? Let's say you want to go and get a value meal or something. You're hungry. So you go to Chipotle. What do you need to get the food? Money. You need money to get everything. If you want to buy a house, if you want to get the car, if you want to sign that lease, if you, everything is money. If you want to go and buy those shoes that you like for the ladies, right? You need money. And in heaven, the currency of heaven is faith. Okay? So how you get things from God is through faith. The Bible says, without faith, you can't please me. So the way we please God is not by crying. It's not by telling him a thousand times the same thing over and over. It's by believing. And chapter 11, it's like the hall of fame or the hall of faith, as they call it, of people that had incredible faith to be able to realize their dreams. And I want to share this with you because we're talking about courage. We're talking about faith today. We're talking about reaching dreams. And we're going to read Hebrews chapter 11. If you have time tonight before you go to sleep, read the entire chapter. We just don't have time to read everything. But I want to share with you three specific or four verses, starting with verse 32. Hebrews 11:32. If you guys could help me in the screens. I know this wasn't in the notes that I gave you guys. There we go. Hebrews 11:32. it says, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me. This is the author writing. I don't have enough time, he's saying, to tell of, and he starts mentioning a bunch of names, Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, everybody say through faith. Now touch the person next to you and tell them, this is what we need. Through faith, and that's the key, they subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. Hey, some of them even killed the lions. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Anybody weak here? With faith, the Bible says that you're made strong. They became valiant in battle. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Through what? Through what, church? Come on, say it out loud. Through what? Faith. Sometimes we come to church and we think that by osmosis, we're going to receive all of God's promise. And it doesn't, it doesn't work that way, right? How do we receive God's promise? When we believe him. You know, maybe you're sitting there, maybe you're going through a problem right now. You're facing your own lion. And all of a sudden, you start letting the word of God in. If you believe it, that's all you need. God will do the rest. All God is needing for you to do is to believe him. To believe him that he's going to give you the victory. Maybe you don't have the resources. Maybe you don't have what it takes. You don't feel qualified enough. You don't feel strong enough to be able to overcome that lion or that situation that you're in. But if you trust in God, and if your trust is without borders, like we just finished singing, then God is going to give you the victory. Come on, can somebody say amen here? Anybody have faith enough to believe that God's dreams for your life will come to pass? Stand up on your feet. I heard somebody say something interesting this week. And last week, we started talking about memorizing verses. You guys remember memorizing scriptures? Because you never know when you're going to need it. You need to know the word of God so when the enemy comes with a lie, you could dispel it, right? You could be able to overcome it with the truth, which is the word of God. 
this person that I was listening to, a preacher, he started saying that favorite scriptures. How many of you guys have a favorite scripture? Raise your hand. A favorite verse or something. Favorite scripture usually tell of who you are. For example, if your favorite scripture would be 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 23, you're going to be a lion slayer. Amen? When you embrace a scripture, and that's your favorite scripture, it's your favorite because you, you know it by memory, you embrace it, you make it yours, you become what that scripture is. Start memorizing scriptures, but make them yours. Because the Bible was written so that all these stories of all these people that did amazing things would be inspiration because in 2016, you're going to have things that you're trying to accomplish. You have your own lines that you're trying to kill. You have your own dreams that you're trying to achieve. And for that time, you're going to need the Word of God. So I want to declare over you guys, and I want to pray. I want to do a calling right now as we worship in just a few more minutes. Maybe there's people here that are discouraged because your dreams seem so far. And you know what? The enemy is so subtle. He starts whispering in your ear and he starts telling you, you see, God probably could do things for other people, but you're not that type of people. And that's why you're like that. And you're going to end up the way you are. You're going to end up alone. You're going to end up discouraged. You're going to end up without reaching your, you don't have what it takes. You're not like other people. Other people could get there, but you can't. You know what you got to do? When Goliath started talking down to David and he started telling him, you know what? You don't have what it takes. What, what, what am I? Am I a dog that you come with me with, with the little slingshot, man? I'm the, I'm the chief of the military here of the Philistines, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give your flesh to the birds of the sky. I'm going to wipe you out. You know what he did? He didn't stay shut. He said, God is my witness that today I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to give your meat and your flesh to the birds in the sky. He wasn't discouraged. He had faith. He had courage. Even though he was smaller, even though he was younger, even though he didn't have military experience, he knew who God was. He knew who he was called to be. They had already anointed king. He knew what his future was, and he wouldn't let anyone or anything deter him. So I ask you today, what's keeping you from believing everything that God planned for your life? What's keeping you from achieving those dreams? Are you embracing all the things that come against your dreams, or are you embracing the Word of God? Every time you get discouraged, or every time you get a bad news, or every time something happens with respect to your dreams, do you hold on to God's promises, or do, do you entertain all these thoughts of defeat? Because that's what's going to make the difference. But if you're like Benaiah, man, the minute you see that lion, that's my opportunity. I'm going to get to where God, this is it. This is it right here. Everything I've been living for, this is my opportunity right there. And you know what? God's going to give you the resources. He's going to give you the strength. And he's going to do everything that you can't do on your own. Is there anybody here? I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes. I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know what your lion is. I don't know what your impossible is. I don't know what your dream is. But I do know that God is here. And the same God that qualified Benaiah, the same God that qualified Gideon, the same God that qualified Barack, not Obama, the same God that qualified Benaiah, he's here and he could qualify you and give you everything that you need to be able to be more than a conqueror. Because in the end, isn't that what God said that we are? More than conquerors in Christ. If you 
want to come down to the altar here. I'd love to pray for you. I declare that there's going to be encouragement. God wants to encourage. Maybe there's some people here that you're down to your last breath, discouraged, because so many problems going on in your house, so many problems going on in your, and, and you probably think that you're never going to get out of it. You know, that's a lie of the enemy. You are going to get out of it. God's going to bring you out with a powerful hand, and you're going to realize the dream that God has for your life. Amen.